Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. Our first scripture reading of the day comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, beginning at verse 22. Listen to the instruction provided by Jesus Christ. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far away from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and cried out, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Jesus got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat and the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And this is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is taken from Mark's gospel. We are reading from Mark 8, verses 11 through 21. And this comes right after Jesus feeds the 4,000. Listen now for the word of the Lord. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him asking him for a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, he went across to the other side. Now, the disciples had forgotten to bring any bread. They had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. They said to one another, It is because we have no bread. And becoming aware of it, Jesus said to them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not perceive or understand? 
Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes and fail to see? Do you have ears and fail to hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you collect? They said to him, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets of broken pieces did you collect? And they said to him, seven. Then he said to them, do you not yet understand? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Again, what a joy it is today to be here with you. It is a time and a day of new beginnings. And so we start again fresh today. Uh, As my family joined me this weekend, uh, the girls, this is their first time to see the church, to be at Columbus. They came in yesterday, and I showed them around a little bit. Uh, I said, let's go see the church, and we came up, and I realized I'm not quite yet sure how to work the security system. (laughs) So we showed them from outside how beautiful the space was. Uh, Then we went downtown, had a great breakfast at a I'm sorry, a great dinner at a barbecue place. And then, of course, we did what, as Americans, we have to do. We went to Target and bought what we needed to do. So again, it is exciting that we are starting together. And everybody has said, building up to today, that first one's got to go well, preacher. We got to have a good first one. Are, Are you worried? You feeling pressure? I said, no, because it's not my words that are important, it's God's words. So let's take a look. These two stories are fantastic. They are great, filled with great imagery. This first one in Matthew 14, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Jesus with, uh, I'm sorry, the disciples by themselves, after battling the wind, that the the scripture says was against them all night, being battered by the waves. Early in the morning, Christ comes. They don't get it. It's got to be a ghost. Fear is their first response to seeing Jesus and not being able to recognize him. And right away, Jesus, like many other angels that appear to people, say, it's me. Do not fear Everything's okay. It's Jesus. It's me. And then Peter says, Lord, if it is you, bring me out there. Let me come too. Jesus says, come, come on. So Peter stands. He goes, as we all know, takes a few feet, a few steps on the water. He's doing it. And then as the waves and the wind start to get his attention, he starts to sink. And to our biblical writers and to that early community, water in the sea and the ocean, deep lakes, were signs of struggle and peril and fear, even death, representing that which they didn't understand and they were afraid of. So Peter starting to descend and sink into that water. Jesus reaches out his hand, 
Peter grabs on and he pulls him up. Ah, Peter, come on. You ought to have more faith than that. Don't you understand by now what's happening here? I'm paraphrasing. But that image of Christ reaching down and Peter reaching up is one of the central images that I keep in my mind when we talk about our faith, our relationship with Christ. I will have in my office a picture that is now in my old office. It is a framed pencil, pencil sketch. It is a simple hand reaching down that is pierced and another hand reaching up and they're clasping like this. That's all. And I believe that's what's happening here and that is such an important message. Christ is always reaching out to us if we see and know to reach back. The story isn't so much about Peter stepping out of the boat, and, and yes, we need to get out of our comfort zones and we need to go where Christ is. Not even so much about distraction. He saw I, uh, Christ, he took his eyes off of him, and then started to sink. I think more than that, it is about faith. When Christ pulled him up, he didn't say to Peter, why were you distracted by the wind and the waves? He didn't say, why did you take your eyes off of me? He said, oh, Peter, where is your faith? And I think what this is telling us is that we should, Peter should have recognized Christ when he said, it's me and I'm here. And Peter didn't. Before he even stepped out of the boat, remember what he said? If, if that is you, Lord, then command me to, to come. It is the same phrasing, the same words used by Satan when Satan tempts Christ in the wilderness. If it is you, paraphrasing, I know you are hungry, you've been fasting, turn this stone to a loaf of bread. And Peter does the same thing. If it is you, Jesus, then call, call me out and I will come. And I think all the rest is important, but Jesus circles back and says, why didn't you have faith that it was me when I told you it was me? So faith is a huge part of that story. Again, that grasping of arms. Sometimes we feel as though we are sinking. We need to reach up and let Christ pull us back into the boat. In both of these stories, there are boats that can symbolize our communities, those that we are in the same faith community with, those that we are on this journey with. And Peter stepped away from that community. And then Christ and Peter both joined back in the boat. What a great message for us today. As we seek to start and move forward, this is a beautiful boat that we have been given as a gift. And today we lift up this family that has endured much, that has been through much. There is that classic church joke. Maybe you can say the end with me. 
one of my favorites. It is about the castaway on the island. Three years he was there, and he was pretty handsy and knowledgeable, so he built his house, he built a kitchen, he built other structures so that he is able to do what he needed to do to survive. Well, one day he's getting out to go catch fish, catch his breakfast. Out on the horizon, he sees his saving grace, a ship. So he runs to his signal fire, and he lights it, and it fires up, and don't you know it? Don't you know it? They see it. The ship turns towards him. They anchor, and on the smaller boat, they come. The captain and his small crew. The man is ecstatic, filled with joy, embraces every one of them when they come ashore. And after he is fed, after he rests a little bit, the captain says, I, I see you've got some buildings here. Tell me, tell me what they are. Why don't you give me a tour? So the man says, okay. He says, this is my hut, my house. This is, this is where I live. This is where I lay down. This is where I sleep. And this other, as I said before, this is where I prepare my food. I try to keep it safe and more sanitary in here. And there were one or two other buildings. And there was one off to the side. And the captain says, well, what, what is that? He said, oh, I, I built a church. That's my church. So I, I go in there to feel in God's presence, to feel close to Jesus Christ. And then behind it, about 50 feet, was another building that looked just the same. The captain said, what is that other building? He said, that's the church I used to belong to. <laughs> we are human beings. Wherever two or more gather, there is politics and disagreement. And thankfully, God with us. Sure, you've been through it, but you have made it and you have survived. It is time for us to have that faith that Christ wants those disciples to have and to believe that this is our time. This is our new beginning. And that with Christ, we can do anything. That second story, maybe a little less known, right after Jesus feeds the 4,000, they're going across on the boat, and Jesus starts to teach them. Look out for Herod, look out for the Pharisees. They're like yeast that kind of destroys the mix and the bread. You got to look out for them. And the disciples say, um, it's because we don't have any bread. They are hungry. We don't know when the last time they ate was. Did they eat with the 4,000? Is it hours later then that they get into the boat? You ever been to a meeting? You ever gone to school where you skip breakfast or maybe didn't get a full night's sleep? And for whatever reason, bless you, you're a little off. And you get to that test you need to take, that meeting you're supposed to go to, and, and you can't really focus because you missed that meal. You missed whatever it was you needed. And all you can think about is, oh, if I just had a candy bar, if I just had 
a granola bar, I'd, I'd be much better. Disciples here are in that same boat. Jesus is trying to teach them a lesson, and they say, uh, we don't have any bread. Sorry, we can't focus. A term called hangry has emerged in the culture. It is a combination of hungry and angry. Great series of Snickers commercials where you can't really be yourself. You can't really focus on what you're trying to do because you are hungry. Vicky and I had a friend in graduate school. Her name is Mary. You always knew if Mary was angry, you had to get food to her stat. And that's what's happening here. And not so much angry has the word evolved, but we can't function like we need to because we are hungry. So they can't listen to what Jesus is trying to say. It's because we don't have any bread. Which then makes Jesus even more angry himself. And he says, come on, don't you get it? And then walks them through what has just happened. Don't you remember when we fed the 5,000? How many extra loaves and pieces of baskets did we have? Twelve. You ever talk to your kids and you're into the lecture of whatever they did and they know where it's going, they know how it's going to end, and so they're just tolerating you till they get to the end? This is kind of like the disciples. They know. They know where this is going. How many baskets? Twelve. When we just fed the 4,000, how many pieces and baskets were left? Seven then don't you have eyes to see? Don't you have ears to hear? Do you not yet understand? The disciples that were a part of two and more miraculous events, but these two involving bread, specifically, in those two feedings. And he says, you guys were there. Didn't you see? Don't you understand? And they looked in their boat, and they realized they had one loaf. That's what it tells us. They had one loaf, but like those other feeding stories, it would not feed the 12 of them and Jesus. So again, it was a lack of faith that with Christ, they already had what they needed. And he says, don't you understand yet? I have given you everything you needed. Look into our past together. We have just done several things where there were only a few loaves that fed thousands of people. Why do you fear now? Because they were afraid of what the world standards were. We just have one loaf. That's not going to feed us. But they ought to have known with Christ it would be enough. We need not live as the world tells us we ought to live. We don't need to seek the approval of everyone else. We only need to believe and follow Jesus Christ. This story about approval, as I just come into my one-bedroom apartment, very excited about that, just a few blocks down, I had filled out my application for approval, and under the supervisor line, I said, well, yeah, the session, how do you explain that to somebody who's not a Presbyterian, maybe not a church person? 
Well, the presbytery itself, well, I would kind of work for them. Well, no, that, that, that's going to be difficult. So I finally punted, and I wrote God as my supervisor. <laughs> so I went back last week to get some stickers for my car so they wouldn't tow it. And she said, I loved your application. I looked at it. I saw who your supervisor was, and I said, you can't argue with that. You are approved. <laughs> and her words were right. We have already been approved by Christ. We need not be approved by what the world says or seek their attention or approval. We are called to ministry, and we are called to this new beginning. What a joy. What a joy and celebration that you have made it to this point. Frederick Beekner, Presbyterian minister, theologian, author of many books, had a great quote that jumped out at me for today. He said, when you remember the past, we need to realize that we are only here today by grace. And that surviving is a gift. When we remember the past, we realize that we are here today because of grace. And to survive is a gift. You have survived. And that should tell us that there are plans for First Presbyterian Church, that we have been given everything that we need with Christ. We may be tempted to say, well, it's not enough of this or that left, or we don't have enough or whatever. Yes, that is my intellectual and pastoral response. <laughs> like that one loaf that the disciples didn't get. We have been given all that we need. And that is the love and the joy and the gifts and the passion of each one of you as we now come together again in our boat to start sailing and rowing with Christ. We'll need each and every one of you, from child to youth, single, married, young families, older families, middle-aged adults, older adults, and beyond. Whatever category you put yourself in, we need you. We are all a piece of that one loaf that God gave us. Yes, I'm calling you crumbs on my first Sunday. And it takes all of us with Christ to make up that loaf that has been given to First Presbyterian Church so that then we may feed the world. What a calling, what a joy. So today, let us stand. Today, let us reach out as Peter did and believe that Christ is who he said he was. And then to realize that we have been given all that we need. And that wherever we go, wherever we sail, whatever joys and sorrows, whatever light and perceived darkness, whatever victories and tragedies we endure together, we know we don't go alone, we know we've been given what we need, and we know that Jesus Christ our risen Savior is with us and seeks to raise us to a new life as individuals and a church family. Our time is now. Welcome home.
let us go together. Hallelujah. Amen.